I'm calling for a sexual revolution. Who's making the cookies anyway? Find out on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, coming to you again this week. I'm still having my cheater glasses on. My eyes are healing, uh, as you remember from last time. But uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you know, I have the headset, I have the Vikings baseball hat and the spectacles. I look a little bit like Coach Mike Zimmer from the Vikings. If I had a little clipboard in front of me, I think you guys might be a little bit confused by that. Um, but uh, here we are, and I have an exciting announcement to make. Um, this is my 100th episode. So that's kind of a milestone. Um, for those that don't know me, uh, you're probably thinking, how can this guy talk? for every week for 100 episodes. Uh, for those that do know me, you're probably like, hey, yeah, he's just getting started. <laughs> you, you know that I can talk about these things and uh, talk about them often and frequently. It's been my pleasure over 100 episodes to share my heart with you and the honor that I've received and the encouragement that I've received to continue with this. Uh, we, we are in the process of sort of remodeling the GoFam office and in creating a improved studio space. Uh, and that is on the tail end of that. And so uh, we are growing and anticipating season three, which will start on January 1st. So thank you for tuning in. And I'm hoping this will continue to gain momentum because I think it's so important that we're able to talk about these cultural issues as Christians, uh, as ambassadors of heaven. We are the ones that represent heaven here on earth. And, and we aren't just helpless victims floating down the river of culture. No, we actually set the culture. I believe that with my whole heart or I would not do this every week for 100 episodes. <laughs> this means so much to me and we need to be on the forefront. And so this episode, again, requires some parental discretion uh, as we are discussing sexual revolution. And uh, I just want to alert parents that these topics are uh, about uh, deep issues. And I encourage you uh, to use your discretion uh, for this episode as well. Uh, however, I will say this again, if you have teenagers, I encourage them to lean into this topic because they need to, they are, and they need to be on the front lines of this issue, standing up for what is right, standing up for what is good and standing up for what is best for them in this culture. You know, we talked about cookies. I use the analogy as of the Lord, you know, making cookies, putting them on a plate and they look so good. They smell so good. They, they are desirable to the eyes. And yet he created them for married couples to enjoy in the realm of sex and sexual intercourse. And, and that's part of the marital relationship in which he created it. And our culture today is saying, ah, there's cookies on the counter. Just go eat them. And I've been making the case that when we eat something outside of a boundary, 
a la Garden of Eden, that it actually makes you sick. It actually, it actually does not give you the required, the desired outcome when we eat them. They, they weren't created for uh, sex outside of marriage. That's what, why the cookies were made. And so when we take them outside of what they were originally created to be and to do, it actually makes you sick. And so when you are not married, these cookies were not made for you. And so when you choose to eat them and say, oh, everybody's eating them and they seem to be fine, I'm telling you that it's making you sick. And that's what we talked about in the first episode of Sexual Revolution. We talked about boundaries and taking something outside of a boundary makes you ill, makes you sick. In the episode I shared last week, I talked about that sex itself is not shameful or dirty as it was created by God. And we need to be able to talk about it with our kids. We need to have a preemptive, we need to have a preemptive strike with our children so that we talk to them about truth and about God's word in regards to sex, regards to premarital sex, regards to marriage, so that they hear it from us first because they are going to hear it. This I promise you. The culture will give them their version of sexual truth. I promise you that. And we need to get to them first. We need to tell them what the truth is. We need to warn them about what the world is going to say about sex and the danger therein. We need to be able to talk to our communities about this. We need to actually be able to use sexual words. And I don't mean that in a crass, disrespectful way at all. And I don't believe in being uh, sharing things that are private or secret um, or are personal with other people. But the topic of sex, the topic of when do we have sex, the topic of boundaries given to us by a loving father needs to be conveyed and needs to be conveyed clearly and early to our kids. Now, when I say early, I don't mean before they are ready to hear it. And every parent knows when that is. When they become curious, when their bodies start changing, they're going to have questions. They're going to have feelings. They're going to have emotions about this topic. And we need to be ready immediately to talk to them about it. I kind of teased on last podcast that I was going to talk about why people want to eat these cookies. Now, I know sex is, sex is pleasurable, and and I, I and that's the way God made it on purpose, <laughs> so that we want to do it. <laughs> this isn't complicated. He gives us a sex drive because it, it compels us to have sex with our spouse because it's good, and it's natural, it's right, and it's healthy, and it creates intimacy in marriage. And so what are people after when they are wanting to eat the cookies before they are married? Well, let me start by something that I've talked about before, and it's this issue of spirit, soul, and body. We think that we have a body that operates soulishly. Our soul is our mind, will, emotions, and our feelings. And then we hope because of that, we connect with the spirit of God. But it actually flows in the other direction. We actually are spirit. When we have been born again, we've been born again into our spirit. Our flesh has actually been crucified on the cross and is dead, the Bible says. And our spirit is what is alive and connected to heaven. It says we are seated in him in heavenly places. That's our spirit. 
That's our reality. And it's actually more real than the tangible place in which we sit and live called earth and our homes and our bodies. We are actually alive in our spirit and connected to heaven. And it flows in that direction. So how is this supposed to work when we're talking about spirit, soul, and body issues, which definitely encompasses sex and sexuality? Well, this is how it's supposed to work. The Bible says that all things were created by God, by Jesus himself. All things. That means all things. (laughs) And so when we talk about love, we have to understand that love is created. It's, It's a created entity that comes from the giver of love. See, love is a person, Jesus, not a feeling, soul. We are connected with Jesus through our spirit. Our spirit is one with him, and, and he created love. And so there is an unending reservoir of love from the Godhead, and that's why they created us in the first place. For God so, what? Loved the world that he gave his son and everything that was created with him. And so that's actually connected to, that connects us with our spirit to this unending reservoir of love. Now our soul is supposed to respond to that love. Our mind, our will, our emotions, and our feelings is then a response to the connectedness that we have with his spirit, with his spirit. And we can then become married. And we talked about in my previous podcast about the word echad, which means one, when they be, the man shall leave his father and mother and they shall be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. The word is echad. It means one unique flesh. Now, flesh is our soul and our body. That's our flesh. So we become one and we become one in a healthy soul tie. Our soul becomes joined as a unique flesh. And, and we are one in soul. That means our mind, our will, our emotions, our body. All of these things that we share with each other as a married couple, that becomes one flesh. And it becomes a healthy soul tie. I'm going to talk in a minute about unhealthy soul ties. But it becomes a healthy soul tie where our, our souls are completely joined together as one. And that's why when a married couple is separated either by death or by divorce, there's, it's an unmatched pain. It's because the soul is ripped apart and, and it hurts and it's supposed to hurt. And then we have a body, a physical fleshly body with, with um, the way that we move and act and speak. Our body does this. And we have sexual organs and we, and we are sexual beings because that's the way he created us to be. And, and there is an act of covenant, an act of consummation that takes place when we become married and our bodies are joined together in the act of sex. And it's an expression of intimacy in marriage. That's the way he created it. It's the way he wanted it to be. And so it's supposed to flow in this direction. And when it works this way, it's a beautiful thing. So I want to contrast that to what the world looks at in regards to sex and sexuality and what they're hoping to achieve. You see, the world is actually working in reverse. 
And it kind of makes sense when you think about it. So when the world connects people and one of the first things that they do or engage in after a date or two is to fall in bed with each other and have sex with each other. Guess what? They are engaging physically. They are beginning with their body and hoping to work backwards up the waterfall. (laughs) They are hoping to satisfy their soul through a physical act. It's working in reverse. And guess what they are trying to find? They're trying to find the emotion of love. So what they are really trying to do is to make love. Interesting expression, isn't it? You know, when I was preparing for some of our marriage courses and and, and leaning into this term, making love, obviously now synonymous with the act of sex, I was thinking, was it always called making love? Is that like a a term that's always been around. And, and so I, I researched it. And in my mind, before I researched it, as God is my witness, <laughs> I said to myself, this sounds like a 70s thing, you know, make love, not war kind of thing. And, and so I researched it. And sure enough, it actually started in the 1970s. And it kind of makes sense because there's an attempt to actually produce or manufacture love. And we're doing it through physical intimacy. Physical intimacy. You know, prior to 1970s, interestingly, making love actually just meant to talk romantically. I'm actually very into Agatha Christie novels. I just I just love them. She's an incredible writer. And a little fun fact, after the Bible and Shakespeare, she is the most read author in the history of mankind. Agatha Christie. But I remember there was a term, there was one character in the, one of the books I was reading who she was an actress. And she said in the book, you know, Agatha Christie was written, you know, turn of the century, uh, a post-World War One type um, time frame. And uh, the character said in the book, who was an actress, she said, you know, I've spent all of my days on stage making love. <laughs> I'm thinking, what kind of book is this, Agatha? <laughs> And back then, it just meant to talk romantically, to make love. And of course, in the 1970s, when there was a sexual revolution that took place, and we decided that we were going to try to make love. Disconnected from the source of heaven, of course, not flowing from our spirit to our soul to our body, but we're going to flip it. And we're going to start with our body and whatever feels good. And that we hope that we can manufacture love. My friends, this was not an act of consummation. This is an act of desperation. And it still is today. When we sleep with somebody who is not our spouse, we are actually selfishly looking for something. And we're looking for the feeling of love. We're looking for the acceptance of love. We're hoping that if we pick up somebody at the bar and they can show us romantically and physically uh, an act of intimacy, then maybe I will feel something that I am desperate for. I'm desperate for love. See, my friends, we don't make the cookies. We hope we can 
Through eating cookies, we can make love. See, the Lord makes the cookies and he holds them for us for marriage. And they're delicious and they're good. And you can become married and have a incredible sex life. But we want to eat them sooner. We are tempted. We, we, we are tempted by the enemy, by the devil, who puts the cookies and who shows us the cookies and says, why would he have you wait? Why would he give you a, a sex drive and then have you not use it? He wants us to be led by our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, our feelings. I feel like doing it. I feel something for this woman or for this man. So I'm going to fall in bed with him. And then maybe we can have something deeper like love. Maybe we can make love. My friends, this is why our or our children's souls are dying as a culture. Their mind, their will, their emotions, and their feelings are in pain. And, and that's why they're being medicated. They're acting on their mind and their will and their emotions because they are attempting to find something that can only be found from one source. Their spirit being connected to heaven. It makes sense, doesn't it? And all this world has to offer us is an attempt to heal our soul. Meditation, yoga, all the things that the world throws at us, they're all just to try to calm our soul down because our soul is so activated in pain in, in pain and agony because we're looking for something and we're not finding it. As the old song says, looking for love in all the wrong places. My friends, teenagers today are turning on Hollywood movies and they're, sh they're, sh they're showing people who they emulate and they see each other and they wink at each other and the next scene they're in bed with each other. And Hollywood is actually hoping to try to convey that this is quote unquote real love, that, th that they are making love. And my friends, it is so sad there's a sadness connected to this that we need to feel as parents, that we need to feel as teenagers. You're not going to find it. I'm not trying to be a prude, some kind of Puritan that says, that says, oh, you know, everything that feels good is wrong. That's not what this is about. But this is about that this is actually causing real pain. It's causing unhealthy soul ties where our soul is connected to someone who we are not in covenant with, who we are not consummated with. And, and the Bible says that, that we actually take on those, those people that we are engaging sexual activity with, we are taking on their mind, their will, their emotions, and their feelings. And sometimes they're 14 and 15-year-olds who are trying to navigate this pain Sometimes there are 23, 24, 25-year-olds, 50-year-olds who are trying to navigate this pain. And they are looking for it, the feeling of it. So my friends, I'm calling for a revolution. And that's, that's, that's a change in culture. The only answer is to engage our spirit into the unending reservoir of love, the source of love. 
having our children, having us find our identity as sons and daughters connected to heaven, where we receive love from the Spirit that flows into our soul and satisfies our bodies. Cookies are good. They were made by the Father for us in marriage. And it's good. I can testify that as a married man. But I also know that it requires sacrifice before we are married. And I'm not naive. I was propositioned as a teenager. (laughs) I was. And I chose not to as a sacrifice. You know, it's not easy. My adult children who were married waited till they were married. It can be done. It can change culture. It can rock culture. It's not easy. But the definition of not easy is the word sacrifice. And it's worth the wait for the one, for your echad, your one flesh. It's worth the wait for them. It's worth the wait for you to not carry the baggage and the soul tie connections to other people before you're married and bring all of that crap and baggage into your marriage. It's worth the wait. I actually want to start a worth the wait campaign. But inherent in this is the joy and the value of abstinence. Let me say that again. The joy and the value of abstinence. Where there is peace and and freedom found within a boundary. Let me say that again. Peace and freedom found within a boundary. People think they find their freedom by just doing whatever they want. That's not freedom. (laughs) That's in slavery to temptation and to sin. But we can find peace and freedom within a boundary that a loving Father created for us. And we can find joy and value in the abstinence, which is his perfect plan for us until we are married. That's what I believe. I don't believe it's impossible. I don't believe that people who are in pain are going to roll their eyes at us. They're wanting to get out of pain. Do you believe that? If you're listening to this today, you might say, ah, the world isn't going to listen to any of this. They just want to do what they want to do. No, they are in pain. And if you have a solution to that pain, abstinence, they're going to listen. I promise you that. There's going to be more episodes about this. I'm not done talking about it. I hope you feel my passion in it. I want to lay out a plan for revolution. I do. You know, the word repentance is to change the way that you think. And so it's a call to repentance. It's a call to revolution. Because a simple truth is what we are doing now as a culture isn't working. It requires a cultural pushback. That's what this is all about. And I celebrate that on my 100th episode. That those of you who chose to listen to me today are the ones who I am appealing to to be willing to take a stand and to push back, willing to educate, willing to go to even some uncomfortable places and be the voice of heaven here on this earth. Would you do me a favor and go to pushbackculture.org, pushbackculture.org. There you will find links to the the YouTube uh, episodes as well as to the podcast. Also a place to leave comments, questions, concerns. I appreciate your feedback. I appreciate your encouragement. If you'll just drop me a note about my 100th episode and just let me know that things are 
that you appreciate what I'm saying, even if you don't agree with me. That's how honor works. So thank you for connecting with me and thank you for listening to another episode of Pushback. Until next week, let's go together now to set and shape the culture. Oh,